Welcome to this podcast that is all about funding. From grants to crowdfunding, I will be answering questions and providing tips and advice on how to best move forward in securing grants and funding for your nonprofit, research, or business. My name is Holly Rustic, and I'm creator of WeGo Consulting and Amazon best-selling author for wish-granted tips, tools, and templates to write a winning grant. Want to get more grant writing and funding resources, books, and online courses? Visit www.grantwritingandfunding.com or wegogrants.com. Check out our free templates. Or if you have any grant writing or funding questions, you can always send me an email at hollywego at gmail.com. That's H-O-L-L-Y-W-E-G-O at gmail.com. I'm excited to hear from you and to try my best to answer any questions so that you can increase your funding and impact your community and the world at large. So let's get started because money can be groovy. Hello, everyone. All right, we're going to be talking about data plan today. But before we go into that, I wanted to go ahead and let you know about some other value that I have coming your way concerning grant writing tips and nonprofit tips. This is actually really great. I'm super excited about it. Um, I'm partnering up with Steve Vick, who is the owner of Nonprofit Ally, who some of you might listen to. It's a great podcast as well, and he has great resources especially about crowdfunding. He is a crowdfunding expert. So you can check that out on his website. And Alexandria, or Alex Black Pollock, and she does a lot of earned income for nonprofits. So different things about how your nonprofit can benefit through products and services. So the three of us have come together because we have different expertise. Uh, Steve with the crowdfunding for nonprofits, Alex with the earned income for nonprofits, and of course myself with the grant writing. So as we come together, we're sharing sharing our different expertise in a Facebook group. So if you're on Facebook, um, which I think most of you are, (laughs) if you're not, you should get on it. It's a great way to network. Um, Groups are wonderful because we're really, you know, you, you can focus on certain topics and get value and interact with other people. So the Facebook group is called Fund My Nonprofit, and um, it gives you tips and how-tos for funding. So you can definitely check us out. Um, we kind of have, you know, our angle is you come to the table, uh, bring your questions, but also bring your value of interacting with other people because really it's through a community where we find out how to, you know, solve problems and also to celebrate our wins, to be like, hey, you know, because um, people in our nonprofits, they really understand like, I want to grant, like how awesome that really is. Or, you know, my crowdfunding just brought in $10,000. So it's, it's really cool when you can share these things with other nonprofits and also when you have questions. So you'll have experts, of course, will be um, kind of heading up some of those discussions, but also just asking questions among other nonprofits that are similar to yours. You might find some great people to partner up with um, and just other great resources to increase your funding. So please check us out. Um, we are on Facebook. We are just kind of launching this. So if you come now, we're you're really going to have our attention, which is awesome. So you're going to get a lot of value. So once again, that's Fund My Nonprofit on Facebook. All right. So let's get into it. Data management plan. So we are looking at data management plans today. So what exactly is a data management plan? Well, to stay in line with the theme from the past quarter, we are looking at improving the structure of your nonprofit through organizational strategic planning. Sounds fancy, right? Well, it really just means to create systems that will meet the needs of your nonprofit. 
It's pretty simple, actually, but I don't know. They have these fancy words for it. <laughs> so throughout the sessions, starting with uh, Podcast 15, Your Agenda for Strategic Planning 2018, uh, we have covered the why and how to set up times for, for strategic planning all the way to last week on how to create evaluation plans for your projects. That was episode 23. So to give a little refresher, our current example is a nonprofit named, we're using this, it's totally fictional, but <laughs> here it is, named Recover with, with Strength. And it's such, I don't know why I picked this word or this name, it's so hard to say, but Recover with Strength that serves individuals in recovery. Through a needs and strengths assessment, they found out that a major barrier was that potential beneficiaries did not have transportation to get to the sobriety services or employment opportunities. So, you know, there was a lot of information. They also curated information to clearly show that there are high poverty and unemployment rates for many of the beneficiaries. Of course, they knew that this was an issue as they interact with these people daily, but to actually have the data is magic when it comes to sharing that information with the beneficiaries themselves, the community, on your website, through social media, and with current or potential funding sources. Having this information can be the difference between a grant being funded or rejected. It can also be the difference between someone giving to your crowdfunding campaign, because if you don't have clear information, it doesn't really hit people. They don't really get why the need is so bad, right? So for instance, if you only know this information, but have never documented it in any way, and uh, we will get to how to do that in just a second, then you might write in a proposal that, or on your website, or in a crowdfunding campaign, or whatnot, um, you might just write, quote unquote, a lot of beneficiaries do not have jobs, and those with jobs don't make enough money. All right. So you know that it's like there, the, you know, the concept, but it's really weak sounding. Um, whereas if you do the assessment, which could be a simple survey or some small focus groups where you ask specific questions, like I said before, even on the last podcast, it could just be where you do a social media post and you track, you know, pick A or B, ask some questions, do a little quiz and curate some information. Um, then you're going to have the information to write. You might, it might look like this. Quote, 85% of our ben beneficiaries have wages that fall below the poverty level and 15% are unemployed, end quote. You can really see the difference and the impact that data justification provides. So by providing the specific details, you know, compared to a lot of people are unemployed, they don't have jobs, like this sucks. <laughs> that doesn't really tell people the problem. But when you actually use the, st the data, you know, to quantify the problem, then it's clear, wow, 85% fall below poverty rates and 15% are unemployed, like that's crazy. Okay, so once you do that, so after the needs and strengths assessment, Recover with Strength came up with an Uber-like project to secure a vehicle or vehicles where the drivers would be individuals in recovery and pick up individuals in recovery to drive them to jobs and recovery services. Pretty cool, right? By securing other funding, they will help subsidize the fees associated with paying the drivers. Um, or it could be in the same grant. You might, you know, secure either lease vehicles. Purchase Purchasing vehicles can be difficult sometimes. Sometimes it's better just to lease. But even if you have those, right? You have the vehicle, and then you have the payment for the drivers. You have the payment for the project manager to kind of oversee everything. Um, and then this could be an awesome project. It could really work. So by securing other funding, they'll subsidize the fees. Um, in last week's episode, they also outlined ways to evaluate some of those project outcomes. In doing this, they came up with the following. Inputs, outputs, outcomes, and targets. What? 
Remember that? Okay, so inputs. Simply what money, resources, manpower, people, and time it would take to make this project come to fruition in different ways. So an example could be uh, we need to secure one vehicle and two drivers, a project manager, money to pay the driver's wages, gas, and, a, and vehicle servicing or maintenance fees, right? So boom, these are all the different inputs. Some other inputs could be, you know, you have to have you know, community partners, the partnership with the actual uh, Recover with Strengths, the services that they offer. So they're offering free services to these people, um, those kind of things, right? So looking at everything, what does it really take to make this project work? Outputs. Outputs quanti are quantitative means of measurement. So how many, this could be how many individuals in recovery are driven, how many services they attend, how many drivers of recover with service, with strength, <laughs> recover with strength are hired, how many cars are purchased, and so forth. I think I can say that the name of this organization wrong every single time I say it. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry about that. Anyways, um, so you're just kind of looking at, you know, how many people are served? How many services do they attend? Um, are those employment services or are they uh, sobriety services? Like how, you know, what are the difference? What are the things? Tra just tracking everything. What are the actual outputs? And the outcomes... Remember, those are the actual changes. So it's not just simple to say, I mean, you kind of say the outputs, you know, 500 people will be served, or 50 people will be served by two drivers and they'll attend 5,000 services. Those are all outputs. But what is the outcome? The outcome is actually the change in the people, right? The, the behavior change. So we could say, um, do, do, do. beneficiaries remain sober after one year and secure employment. Like that's pretty cool to see like, oh wow, okay, there's there's a difference. They're increasing their wages. They're, you know, becoming productive members of society. These are like real changes of the actual person and the, the behaviors. And then of course, targets. How much change will happen? You know, it's not simple enough just to say beneficiaries remain sober after one year and secure employment. Like that's nice, but it's not specific enough. You have to have the targets. So you could say, 75% of beneficiaries remain sober after one year and 50% will secure employment. Okay, now you can actually have something to track and that's what we're going in today. We're going into the data management plan. So we're gonna discuss how to track all that data. All right, so first note, first note, you will want to know what the needs are and you know what the needs are through the needs and strengths assessment, right? You've, uh, then you want to identify potential, potential projects, and we've already talked about that. And then you're going to evaluate those projects and refine your objectives. So we've already done all that. All right, now we're getting into the nitty gritty. So don't be scared by the term data management plan, which sounds super academic. Um, basically what it means is you need to show some of the following. You need to show the data elements, which could just be the objective or the objectives, what will be collected, who collects the data, how will the data be collected? The frequency of collection, how often will it be collected? Where the data will be stored? Why it's useful to do this? Why, why the data is actually useful? And who you're gonna share the data with? So yeah, it sounds like a lot of different steps, but they're not, it's not difficult. You can see why that would be beneficial. We're gonna break this down. Just think if you were to hire someone to do this job or if you sign this role to an existing employee or peer, you could just hand this data management plan over to them and they could run this initiative by knowing the answers to those questions, right? So I do have to put a disclaimer here. If you are writing a data management plan for a specific grant, you may have to include additional information or use a diff different verbiage, okay? This is not a one-size-fits-all template. 
Please make sure you read the requirements of the grant to know exactly what they want specifically. But if you do have this data management plan that we're talking about today, if you develop it and you tweak it for each project or grant, you will be way ahead of the game. So furthermore, if a funding source has not requested this and there's an additional pages that you can, you know, attach onto the grant or the proposal, then do it. This will only increase your competitiveness for funding as it shows you have procedures in place for getting, tracking, and seeing results, which will markedly increase your chances of reaching goals. Funding sources, they like that. They want to give money to nonprofits that will actually reach the goals they said they want it to reach. So if you have this in place, you will stand apart from your competition. And I have developed a graph and a free downloadable on my website at www.grantwritingandfunding.com or www.wegogrants.com. All right, they both go to the same place. Just click on the podcast, um, uh, the, the menu, the podcast, and go to episode to find 024. That's today's episode. We will use the example for this graph, um, although the downloadable one will be a working template for you. But the example we're going to use is Recover with Strengths project. Okay. Hey, I said it. Ooh. All right. So the first question to ask is why are you getting the information? Through your needs and strengths assessment, you detailed that 85% of beneficiaries have wages that fall below the poverty rate and and 15% 15 are unemployed. You've identified that. So furthermore, you have identified possibly that 90% have no transportation to attend your services and that 85% would attend services if they had transportation. So that kind of answers the why are you even getting the information while you're developing this Uber-like project. Your goals. A goal could be uh, to reduce unemployment by providing direct jobs and transportation to jobs and services, to promote sobriety, and another goal could be to promote sobriety by creating access to services. All right, so those are kind of your overreaching goals. And your objective, now this is more specific, to develop a transportation model that employs two beneficiaries while providing transportation for 50 beneficiaries to 5,000 services per year. Sound like a lot? Well, that would account for basically two services per week for each individual over a period of 52 weeks or one year. In any case, this is just an example. I mean, I'm not exactly sure what you would want to do with all this, but this is just an example. And you can see, though, how specific it is. You really want to think through what you want to attain. So what information do you desire? You want to know specifically how many beneficiaries are employed, how many individuals are served, if they increase their employment, and how many services and recovery they attend. If they've maintained their sobriety, you know, you want to know kind of like these general things. So you kind of have to figure out, okay, what's the information I want to gather? How is it going to reach my goal? What specific object do I have? And, and you know, what do I really want to know? So this information, and a lot of times when you go into gathering data, you know, it can be just really simple. Like I want to know these different things and I need to know how to track it. So let's go through the graph then. So once again, your data element is your objective to develop a transportation model that employs two beneficiaries while providing transportation for 50 beneficiaries to 5,000 services per year. So it's kind of like what everything is stacked upon. So your next column, so I have this all in a graph, that would be your first column. Your next column would say what will be collected. So you're gonna collect the following. How many drivers are hired? How many beneficiaries are served? And how many services beneficiaries access? And this is employment services, jobs, interviews, resume building skills, etc., and recovery services, AANA meetings, counseling, case management, etc., right? 
Your next column then would be who collects the data? See, these are really simple questions, guys. So for the first one, you know, for the drivers that you're looking at, the project manager will. Uh, for the beneficiary served, the drivers are actually gonna collect that data. And for the services that the beneficiaries access, the drivers are going to collect that data. Facilitators for services are going to collect that data because they're gonna the beneficiary is gonna sign in when they go to different services, right? But also the individuals will track that data because if they're going to an interview, they're not gonna ask somebody to interview them. Hey, can you uh, sign my sheet so I can show it to my case manager? You know what I mean? They don't want to do that necessarily. You could do that internally for some of the the project or the services that recover. With strength offers. So um, if they're doing NAAA classes, you could ask, you know, whoever's running that, can you sign this so I can, you know, show it. And you'd make sure you communicate that with the facilitators, right? The project manager would have to facilitate that to the, the actual facilitators who are running those AA meetings, the counseling, etc. But individuals will also have to be responsible for tracking where they go and how often. Next column, how will the data be collected? So for the drivers hired, the data, how it will be collected is through the hiring individuals in an organizational chart maybe. So they can just show, okay, we've hired so-and-so. For the beneficiaries served, you know, that are actually getting picked up, a login sheet will be kept by all the drivers. And then of course, for how many services that these people actually attend, this is through a login sheet kept by the drivers, so they can also track where they're driving the different people. A login sheet kept by the facilitators or the and the individuals, right? They want to be responsible for what they're doing. And of course, the project management will meet with them monthly and they'll do their case management. So they'll collect the data there. All right, so frequency of collection. For the hiring of drivers, it could be a monthly check on employed status, um, just, you know, monthly, just, hey, did anyone get fired or resign? Were there any new people hired? Are they still employed? You know, that kind of thing. You just might want to do a monthly or even quarterly check. All right, so the beneficiaries picked up. Now, that might be daily, all right, from the beneficiaries. So you might actually collect that daily as, or, you know, as they get picked up. Um, and then weekly, you want to hand that information over to the project manager. So a whole log of everyone the drivers picked up that week, they could hand that over to the project manager. So then they could, we'll do it, we'll get that to the second. Anyways, um, and of course, what, how many services the beneficiaries attend and where they go, maybe that's just monthly, they could hand that over to the project management or the project manager at their monthly case management meetings. So, you know, it's collected, you know, it's kind of a two-pronged approach because it's almost a daily thing. If people are being driven around daily, they are tracking that. But at the same time, they're actually, the collection of that goes to the project manager weekly or monthly, you know, so. Um, okay, so the next column would be, where will the data be stored? And of course, for the actual hiring of the drivers, maybe the human resource management files, they give it to the program manager monthly who keeps it on an online software. And everything else is just stored on online software, whatever that might be. So they would want to specify which software they're going to be using. And of course, that would be a cost associated if it's actually, you know, not a free service, which many online softwares actually do have some free services uh, or free software. But if it is a, an associated cost, you would have to, you know, know where you're going to get that money. Or if this is all one program that you're applying for a grant for, then you would include that cost there. All right, the next column. Why will this data be useful? 
Well, you could simply say to establish the number of beneficiaries hired, beneficiaries served, and the access beneficiaries have. So ultimately, this is useful to track progress towards the goals of increasing employment and helping individuals maintain sobriety. So this is useful. I mean, getting rides to services is important because they said this was their major barrier and that they would access these services um, if they had transportation. So it's useful. And the last column is who will this data be shared with? All right, what are you going to do with the data? Once you all, you know, you have it all, this is great. You've been able to track everything. You see that you've been serving, you know, two people are employed by driving people around. 25% of the people, you know, the 50 beneficiaries have secured employment because they're able to get to job interviews and they're able to get to work. And and then, you know, um, you could say, and then 75% of them have actually maintained sobriety over this entire year because they're able to get transportation to access those services, those recovery services is needed. So this is really cool, but who are you going to share it with? What are you going to do with this data? Well, we could say this information will be shared with the beneficiaries. So it's cool to kind of show it back to them to say, hey guys, 25% of you guys received employment. You know, you guys all only maintained sobriety, 75% of you, like this works, right? But also you want to share it on your website, maybe on social media, and of course with other partners as a case study example. So you say, hey, look at this project worked for us. Can you adapt it for your programs or could we work together with you on another aspect of this and really benefit more people? And of course, you want to share it with funding sources, right? (laughs) So you want to actually be able to report um, the money that they gave you, if that's corporate sponsors, if it's grants, if it's crowdfunding campaign. Hey, guys, thanks for your thanks for your cash or thanks for your support. Thanks for your donated vehicle, whatever. This is what we actually accomplished. 25% of um, the 50 people we served actually secured employment. Two people secured employment as drivers throughout this. And 75%, you know, they actually maintain sobriety. Like, this works. This is cool. What else? You know, so it's nice to be able to share this information. There are definitely other questions you can add to make a more detailed data management plan, such as how long will the data be kept, what metadata will be collected, and on and on and on, right? So a link can be viewed to other data management plans at wegogrants.com by going to the podcast episodes and clicking on 23 on this episode. I'll include some other outlinks if you think, you know, I like this one, Holly, but I want maybe want to check out some other ones too. Go for it. This is just a template, guys. It, it, but, you know, and this, and I've also offered a downloadable template for you guys, so you guys can use this if you want. It's very basic, but it's a basic way forward for most of your internal projects and for a number of grants or solicitations. You could definitely use what I'm giving you today um, if you think, okay, I can get my head wrapped around this. Um, some of the other stuff, man, it does go super academic and it goes super scientific, and sometimes you need to have that for specific grants. But for many projects, you know, for especially internal projects, you just need this. And for a number of grants, you actually, this is this is fine. This is more than adequate. As I stated before, many, if not most, nonprofits do not even develop one for each of their projects. So you will be he- ahead of the curve and the competition by implementing this simple approach. All right, guys, I hope this helps you. And please let me know if you have any questions as always. And good luck. Now go get funded. Thank you for listening to today's show. As always, please feel free to send me an email if you have any grant writing or funding questions to hollywego at gmail.com. If you enjoy listening to the grant writing and funding podcast, then I would love to ask you a favor. Please leave a review on iTunes or SoundCloud. Thanks again for listening and go get funded.